Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and I'm here with Jay Jones. Good morning. And this is Text Driven Tuesday. Yep, and we've got a uh, fill-in. My dad's filling in today for mm-hmm. Larry. Mr. Larry couldn't be here, and uh, so thanks, Dad, for coming in. Yeah. So if, nice. if it if it's not shifted, it's his fault. Then you'll know. You'll know whose fault it was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We appreciate it, though. <clears throat> yep. Well, uh, we survived the night. Yeah. Did you guys get uh, storms out your way? So it barely rained. It rained a tiny bit, but mm. we got the high winds. We mm. got the big okay. winds. And there's nothing to block the wind out where mm-hmm. we live. I thought my gutters were going to be ripped off my house. Really? Yeah, they were making... It was like 80 mile an hour straight line winds. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. People don't even have a category for that. What's a hurricane wind? What's what's the classification? You may know. I, I now I got to look it up because we were pushing... I think we were pushing hurricane level winds right. with no tornado. Impressive. The uh, the tornado sirens went off here in Lawton, but I guess they're they are programmed to go off when the winds Dude. reach like seventy or seventy five. Seventy four right. is category one hurricane. Okay. Welcome to the Great Plains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't see any. I didn't see the report. The final reports of how many tornadoes there were. I don't last know last night, but was, I know that there, there were some. there were several. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it rained over at our house. Uh, it was windy, but it, it didn't seem nearly as windy as uh, some people were getting it. Did your trees survive? Because mm. I know in the past you've had some, some tree uh, yeah. problems. Yeah, everything. Now, see, see, with our tree, it doesn't, it doesn't fall when there's a lot of wind or when there's ice on it. It's a beautiful, beautiful, calm day, and a branch will just, <laughs> half the tree will just fall. Weird. It is weird. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it doesn't fall when you would expect it to. Is there unpredictability in this world? There is. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> yeah. certainly is. So. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's a Monday morning for us, mm-hmm. but I, I brought you a little something, Jay. Oh, man. I brought oh, you man. a little something. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about you, and I just, just went and picked you up something. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see. Let's see it. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha, gotcha oh. cream soda. Gotcha cream there soda go. there. Thank Here's you. a bottle opener for you. Oh, for the show? Oh yeah, yeah. What a show. Uh, they only had they only had one at, at Ace Hardware. I went over there this morning and they only had with, one with the real the real honey. With, with real honey. honey so I had to go over to Atwoods and picked up a couple of other Nice. Thank you. Cream sodas. Jerry, you you a cream soda man? Are you going to join? Would you like a cream soda? Are you going to join us for a cream soda during the show? I've got a I've got a uh, premium cream soda and a red cream soda. Which one? Which one would you mm. like? Red. You want red? All this right. is going to be a premium show, I think. Here, I'll open. Here, I'll, I'll open this for you guys. Here, if you uh, here, put the camera on Jay, and I'm going to get up. <laughs> hey, do I need to open that for him? Uh, There's a twist off. Here you go. There. There's one for you. Yep. I, you know, some people took me up on the challenge. They weren't disappointed either. This cream soda right here is called Sprecher Cream Soda, made with natural honey. But you got you got to let me have a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. I got to try it. it. Yeah, yeah. It is found yeah. at the Ace That's Hardware good. in Lawton. In Lawton on the yeah. west side of Lawton. 
Uh, but I hey, you. imagine tuning into this Christian podcast and you just tune in <laughs> at, this, at this very moment right here. <laughs> hey, uh, let me tell you, let me tell you about Ecclesiastes as I drink this yeah. beverage. Uh, I brought you something else too, Jay. You don't mm-hmm. have to have this right now, but I, I brought you a oh, snack. A, I brought you a, a snack. Pack? I brought you a snack pack. Thank you, thank you. Look at this. Yeah. Right here. If ever you run into like an atheist and they're just real really hardened, you just pop open a snack pack, you give them a spoon, you say you eat that right there. Yeah. And you tell me why evolution <laughs> made that possible. You can't. There's no there's no reason for it. There's no reason. The snack pack testifies to the goodness of God. How, what do you think of that? Cream that's soda? pretty good. You want a little bit more? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty. That's, a little. That's pretty, a little bit more of that. That's pretty good. I have to do a, I have to do a taste test between I, this, uh, this premium. This, I didn't know that honey. Premium. I didn't know you could do this type of stuff with honey. Mm. It's like God's natural, natural sweetener. This is why people tune in to watch us drinking cream soda on. I know. <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> we're just trying to help them to elevate their living. Right, so you, we can, you keep uh, you keep issuing these challenges uh, during the church service. I know uh, this is pretty good. Yeah. yeah, they only had one, and it was it was you know they've got that cooler at the at mm. the at the counter, and I was looking, and uh, it was pushed like <laughs> it was pushed back. Mm. So I I almost didn't see it. Mm. So there's a. Uh, I was thinking about you this morning. I don't. I have no idea this. why this is at Ace Hardware, but it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about this morning? Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Ecclesiastes. That's mm-hmm. right. Ecclesiastes. We're in, we're in chapter nine. Uh, you. Um, so, when you first started talking to me about this passage, you were you were saying this is going to be a, a sermon all about death, right? Yeah. But then, when you when you really started um, studying it, you you kind of mm-hmm. changed the mm-hmm. the focus. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just the way the text is constructed yeah, it just tells you what it's about. So it's another chiasm, or I've heard some people say chiasm. How do you, how do you say it? I say chiasm. I say chiasm. Mm-hmm. We got another Augustine-level conundrum, don't we? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if we're going to go with the Greek letter, it would be... Chi? See, I, see, I, was, I was taught key? that was key. Yeah. Chiasm? Mm-hmm. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's chiasm. I'm, I'm, not gonna cha- I'm not going to change. But gonna... people always say Cairo. Yeah. With that symbol, mm-hmm. you know, the old symbol for mm-hmm. Christ, Cairo. Yeah. I'm not going to change how I say it. It's it's chiasm. Mm. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, people that come on uh, on Wednesday nights to our uh, our Bible study and prayer meeting understood. A chiasm. They should be familiar soon, with that. As soon as you talked about it, because we talk about chiasms in the Book of Psalms all the time. But I know yeah. I know that uh, last time that you. You taught a chiasm, which was what chapter three, four? I can't remember now. Um, you said you were asking. No, it was on you, on pursuing wealth for ultimate satisfaction. Mm-hmm. That whole section. Um, you you said that you asked your kids about it like the next day, and they had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> you you uh, even passed out a you even yeah. Had a, yeah, little, little handout. Yeah, so. yeah. But Hope, they got it hopefully now. Hopefully, people. No, they got it now. They okay. won't forget. Yeah. Uh huh. They yeah. said they'll never forget. Really. Yeah, okay. I mean it's kind of cheesy, but I was like, it's like a theological sandwich. That's mm. a, that's it. What's the good part of a sandwich? It's it's not the bread, it's the meat, right? Or the Nutella. You ever had a Nutella sandwich? I don't think I've ever had Nutella. We're gonna remedy that on show. <laughs> 
Because Nutella's up there with God's great gifts like cream soda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. So we've had, we've had, what have we had? We've had, uh, we've had sushi on here mm-hmm. and cream soda. Yeah. Next um, is going to be Nutella. I tried some you weird. make me a sandwich, I Jay? tried some <laughs> weird Mountain Dew once, I think. Oh, no, Dr. Pepper cream soda made its debut on uh, here. One, uh, one of our members uh, came up to me last week and said, um, could you tell Jay to please stop advertising? <laughs> <laughs> because they keep going out and getting it? Is yeah. that why? Yeah. <laughs> well, so. you know, I'm just trying to help people out to find the good things. Yeah. The hidden good things, mm-hmm. little gems. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to give you some Nutella. But okay. this is a, you know, theological sandwich. It's mm-hmm. kind of, like I said, it's kind of cheesy, but you'll never forget it. The bread just sets up the main point. Mm-hmm. And if you look, if you have a Bible and you're in chapter nine, you can see really what brackets it is death. But more specifically, and I didn't want to get into like this during the sermon, because it's that what man doesn't know. Mm. So that's how uh, verse one starts. Um, Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. And then you come over here to verse twelve, for man does not know his time. Mm. So there's your there's your textual uh, signals, mm. death. On the one part, one one piece of bread, death. The other piece of the bread, death. In the middle, the main point, live. Okay, that's it. So the main point is to live. But you know, it's a it's a good teaching method. You know, it's a powerful teaching method the oh, way yeah. it's uh, laid out. So it's all it's all over the yeah. uh, poetic literature of the of the Bible. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So you you started your uh, your sermon with uh, a little story. I yeah, think, I think I I think you've told me this. I think story I told before. you that before mm-hmm. privately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it certainly got my kids' attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I almost did a little Easter egg for my beloved Angela. Uh huh. She would have got it. No one else would. I almost started it with these words. Let me tell you about the time I almost died. You know what reference that is? That's a movie. Yeah, uh, with Denzel Washington. Yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to give it away because someone, okay. you know, if you can go search uh-huh. that for yourself and then you can watch the, okay. the movie. All right. But no, I just uh, uh, what did I say? Um, <clears throat> let me tell you about the day I was most alive. Yeah, yeah. So which is true. So the day I was most alive was the day I almost died. Hmm. Yep. So was duck hunting and uh, fell through some ice. Almost got sucked under the water. The river was pulling me under. And last second before I went up under the ice, uh, my friend was on, he laid on his stomach and he had put a little pole out, grabbed my hand, pulled me up out of the water. It's about sing, it's like single digits out. So now I'm like, all right, I get out. I'm like, okay, well now I'm gonna freeze to death. So I got to just start running. So I just started running, ran, uh, equivalent of probably, I don't know, close to two miles, maybe, maybe a little less. Yeah, we got back to the car. You know, obviously I had to take all the wet clothes off and try to curl up in the heater. <laughs> yeah. Made it home, though, and like I said, <clears throat> do you think I cared about what was going on in the world? Right. No. I just sit there in the fire with Angie and mm-hmm. my kids, with Drake and Brooke, and Angie made uh, chicken and noodles, best best meal I ever had, ever, <laughs> at coffee, best coffee of all time, because I was just alive. Mm. I was just like living in that moment. Yeah. Uh, schoolwork. I was in seminary at the time. 
didn't think about it. Who cares? You know, it's just, I was just alive. Wasn't living in the past, wasn't living in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, death can do that, you know? I really think this one reason why when veterans return from their deployment, now they can adjust, they adjust over time. But initially, I think the first year is really hard because when veterans return, I guess, you know, now the deployments aren't really the same back back in the, the older times. Um, the Iraq, Afghanistan war. So you're one of those veterans. Well, I think one thing they struggle with is that everybody lives like they're immortal here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things aren't taking very seriously that I think they see as very serious. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they might, you might, they might would be slightly offended by something a civilian does, but they see it as an absolute betrayal as if it's life or death itself. And I think one reason for that is because they live they live for a whole year as if they're going to they could die that day. Yeah. So when they come back and nobody lives like that, it becomes very very frustrating. That's why sometimes you know they'll stand in like Walmart or something and they'll just be like I can't take it, you know, because people are it's like they're living people are living in a fantasy world yeah. where things aren't life and death. Um, but that kind of wears off but death is a powerful teacher to get you to actually live. You know what I mean? Like if you if you got a cancer diagnosis and they told you, George, this is your last year to live, right? You'd probably live different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Right. Yeah. So well, we talked about this when when you were in chapter seven that it's better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting. Uh-huh. Um, it's the the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, um, because it teaches us. Yeah, it teaches us. And reminds us of what this passage mm-hmm. is also talking about. That's right. Yeah. Um, so let's have you uh, let's have you read the passage, and then we'll uh, we'll jump in. Okay. Um, switch over to the screen, my screen, Dad. There we go. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all: how the righteous and the wise, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices, to him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the heart of the children of men are full of evil, and and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead." But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments always be white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going." Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so are the children of man 
are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. There you go. All right. Very good. Uh, here, here, try this. Uh, try you, this cream. What is that try, one? This is uh, Fitz's Premium Cream Soda. You can definitely tell the difference. Yeah, it's very there's def- there's more, def- sh- more there's sugar. Definitely, you can have that one. Oh, okay. Thanks. That one's very like overly sweet. Almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one is uh, you can you can definitely tell more more cream mm-hmm. naturally. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Well, now now I'm gonna have to just go to Ace Hardware to get my cream soda. I know. It's it's for real. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you order these things by the case in here or what? Right. <laughs> I know you sell like nuts and bolts, but I'm here for the cream soda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're uh, we're looking at this as a chiasm. So we're gonna look at the we're gonna look at the the ends yeah. first, and then we'll look at the the center because that's the main point. That's the heart yeah, of yeah. the the heart of the passage. And um, why is this so important? I mean, this is this is not like I said, not the uh, the first time that he's talked about death. He talked about it back in chapter seven. What's he trying to communicate to us? Um. Well, I mean, this is like number, this is like maybe the fifth time. I think it's the fifth time that he said something is very similar to what's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's, he's trying to get people to understand, look, if you just, if you just read through Ecclesiastes and, and maybe you don't slow down a little bit, you're going to come away with the impression that um, life is meaningless, mm-hmm. which is definitely not what he's communicating. Right. He communicates the vanity of life, the meaningless of life, if pursued under the sun, as if God's not there, mm-hmm. like there's not a God, or right. he's, or if there is, he doesn't care about anything. So, I th- he what he's trying to get us to see is, even though the world is filled with all these perplexities, like the wicked prospering, mm-hmm. and so, many times the righteous suffering, things are backwards in that in that in that sense. So he commended joy. That was last week. Well, this week he's doing the same thing again. It's like. I guess it's this is more repetitive to make this explicit. But this time he goes at it from death. Mm. So he's already talked about the perplexity of life in, as, as far as uh, things seem unfair to us. And so he says, uh, you know, here's what I commend, joy. So if you're interested in that, you can listen to last week's. This week, it's interesting, same thing again, but even more emphatic, it seems, uh, because when we get to that, last point, the, the main point, he gives five uh, commands. But it's bracketed with death, so it seems that he wants people to live. <laughs> like, he wants them to live today. Like, while, you have a, while you're alive today, uh, it's time to live. Mm. Yeah. So, All right, well, let's look, at, uh, let's look at these, the bread portions. Let's check out the bread. The bread. Um, we've got verses one through six, the certainty of death. Uh-huh. You got it. And verses eleven through twelve is the unpredictability of death. Yeah. When you got to it, you said life and death. Well, yeah, yeah. He sets it so up. So there's there's both, mm-hmm. right? Unpredictability of life. He'll you'll see he'll he'll say, and then he'll bring in death mm-hmm. to say, hey, the life's unpredictable, right. meaning you never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. When you're going to punch your ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the certainty of death, we see this in verses one through six. Uh huh. Um, we all know that we're going to die. Yeah. But, and we talked about this when we, we went through chapter seven, that um, we find ways to avoid it. Mm-hmm. 
or you you brought out in the sermon make light of it. Mm-hmm. So you like that that guy's quote. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't really you know subscribe or anything, but you gonna read it? Yeah, yeah. So this guy, New York writer, who wrote in the Times, he 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 wanted his body to go to science to be sent to Harvard after he died, and he and this is his quote. Because my parents wanted me to go there, and this is the only way I'm getting in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta appreciate the humor. Yeah, but yeah, we do we do stuff like that. Um, oh, it, you know, um, probably a, a century ago, I guess, maybe a little bit longer. People would die like in their house. Uh huh. Like you'd be, I don't know, eating breakfast, and grandma's in the other room. <laughs> right. dying right uh but now we we ship um you know the old, the older generation to nursing homes or to hospitals and they die in these mm-hmm. you know kind of cold bland buildings and we don't have to we don't have to witness it mm-hmm. and so we can kind of we can kind of separate ourselves from what's going on you know over in the nursing home mm-hmm. or we um we just kind of entertain ourselves. Like we're we're just so we're we're so um, wrapped up in binge watching, you know, the next show, mm-hmm. and we we just kind of ignore this reality that that's that's always it's always lurking, it's always <clears throat> creeping behind us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, Solomon takes a better a better approach, a better mm-hmm. route. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be obsessed over when your death is to where it would cause you anxiety. Right. That's not the point at all. Yeah, the point the point of it is to do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's to motivate you to to live. Like I said, if you got a cancer diagnosis, mm. you'd live. Yeah. Well, Solomon's telling you here, I've got a I've got a death diagnosis for you. Mm. You're living as if you're immortal. Yeah. You're not, and you need to uh, you need to understand that you're not, so that you can actually get on with living. Yeah. Um, so, so this this happens to everyone, right? Um, there's no there's no um, distinction between the classes. Yeah, this is you know kind of what he does is he sets it up by um, touching on the sovereignty of God again in verse one that the righteous and the wiser and their deeds are in the hand of God, and we don't need to to you know spend a lot of time here. But this is first eight chapters sovereignty of God is sprinkled all throughout this book mm. big time time to time to be born a time to die you know there's a time for everything under the sun well god appoints that time and you don't um and so here again he he's reiterating that that the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of god that's a good encouragement for those a righteous would be one in, that is in communion with god mm-hmm. covenant communion with god right um that's a good reminder because he also then just brings right back up that, uh, and this is a a strange construction, as sometimes it is, I think, coming from ancient Hebrew into English, but whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both are before him. Mm. Um, seems to me there that what he's saying is, you can't look into the world and pick out who God favors. Mm-hmm. It's a big mistake to try. Yeah. What does you can't look at a guy and say, "Oh, God, God loves that guy because he's rich." <laughs> yeah. Now, prosperity preachers would tell you you could, right? But you can't. Yeah. I, I'm really convinced that um, now more than ever, 
that um, we're talking about an entirely different religion. Mm. Sometimes you know, sometimes I would think the prosperity gospel is a perversion of it's like it's a it's like a flawed version of Christianity. Uh-huh. I, I just think now that it's just a completely different religion. Yeah, because it's completely opposite of so many things we see in the Bible. Mm. Here's one: uh, mm. whether God love love God's love or His hate is on someone or His wrath, you can't pick it out, mm-hmm. right? Um, God might be setting up a great blessing for someone. Like like Joseph, you'd you'd be like God hates that man, <laughs> right? Yeah, the terrible things keep happening to this one guy. It must be because he's done something bad, mm-hmm. and God's punishing him. And mm-hmm. the whole time we know it's not. Yeah, um, God's setting him up to uh, to not to not only bless his life but to save his uh, covenant people. Mm-hmm. Amazing story. Yeah, but so you can't do that. So the good reminder before that is. The righteous are in the hand of God. Yeah. So even if you look in the world and you see somebody suffering, don't presume it's because God doesn't love them. I think that's important. You uh, you mentioned um, you're, you're mentioning bad guys and good guys in the Bible, mm-hmm. and you uh, you mentioned Josiah, good king, uh-huh. uh, dies young, mm-hmm. and uh, Josiah, my Josiah, looks over at at Julia and says, uh, "I'm a good guy." Is Jay telling about me? <laughs> that's perfect i love i love that he's really paying attention oh he was he was uh he was wow. paying attention to everything that you were saying yesterday <laughs> yeah he was how, tell everyone how old he is uh he'll be four next week yeah don't don't take your kids out of the sermon right because they're they're hearing more than uh-huh. you, than you actually think they are yeah right yeah, I used to when Drake was little like that. You know, he'd be down playing and doing oh, yeah, stuff in the pew, and I'd be like, "What was the preacher talking about?" And yeah. he would tell me, mm. "I'd be like, how are you listening to that? Yeah. Like how? How? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I was, I don't even know what he was doing, scribbling or something. Yeah, yeah. Funny. I'm a good guy. Is Jay telling about me? <laughs> Hope, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we use that. Um, uh, I, I used the idea of God's sovereignty last night because Abigail is is really afraid of storms, mm. and um, so she was really high stress last mm-hmm. night. And uh, I was just trying to remind her, God is in control of these storms, mm-hmm. um, even if some people might <laughs> think this is bad parenting. Like even if a tornado comes and our whole house blows away god is still in control that's 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 god's that's god's sovereignty mm-hmm. and the day of our death is determined by god mm-hmm. um we can't we can't alter that yeah our our day is is set yeah and um so there's that's not a that's not that shouldn't be a morbid thought that should be, be that should be an encouraging thought right like there's there is nothing there's nothing that can touch me right until God has decreed that I die, right? <clears throat> um, it was what was it? Whitfield mm-hmm. said, "I'm uh, I, immortal. We're, we're immortal. We're immortal. We're immortal until the appointed time of our death." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty wild to think about it that way. Yeah, yeah. Now so, that doesn't mean that we should live carelessly because right. God ordains the means as well as the ends, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so if you walk out into a busy street without looking and you get hit by a truck. <laughs> That yeah. was God's ordained <laughs> means to uh, <clears throat> accomplish the ends. Yeah. Right? 
Um, but it, it should be encouraging that that God is sovereign. Um, and that be, yeah. and that really uh, that encompasses all things. No one, there's there's no there's no person that's outside of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Matthew Henry quote. He because uh, what he's saying is in this this way where you can't look into the world and see this mm-hmm. and pick it. I mean, you we get told after the fact who is favored, but mm-hmm. if you were just to look, and it's a it's Matthew Henry has a lot of insights. I, I regret not going to I've him. I've noticed you. Uh, I've noticed you going to him more. Yeah, in yeah. These last these last sermons. Well, because I've been very surprised how insightful he isn't is. Isn't that isn't that wild? I I found the same the same thing to be true. Yeah. Um. I think that we. I don't know. I don't know why it is that we neglect Matthew Henry. I think it's because I I think it's because. Um, you can just find his stuff for free. I think that's why. Like all of his commentaries, They're all you free. can you can find all of them for free. Um, like Bible, Bible, uh, I like lo- I, doesn't Logos prob- come with Logos, <laughs> with, yeah. Ma- with Matthew Henry? Like, mm-hmm. like it's free, and I think that we often disdain it because we're like, well, if they're if it's just for free, then it, right. it can't be that good. But it's really good. Yeah, yep. if you if you have access to Matthew Henry, don't uh, no, don't neglect it. it. He he says some really insightful, helpful things. Yeah, uh, I think it's the first commentary I ever had. Ever had. Mm. Um, yeah, that I remember. I got a concise one um, from Julia's grandmother after she died. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, that may have been my first my first commentary. And we also think that uh, modern scholars should be more insightful. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not yeah, the case. Yeah, that chronological snobbery. And that's definitely not the case. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's I mean, it's just, he's got a lot of good stuff. This is what he mm. says. There's little difference, little differences between the, the conditions of the righteous and the wicked in this world, meaning life under the sun. Mm. <clears throat> There's one event to both. Is David rich? So is Nabal. Is Joseph favored by his prince? So is Haman. Is Ahab killed in battle? So is Josiah. Mm. So... Good guy, bad guy. Good right. guy, bad guy. Same things happen to both to all of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you can't pick you can't pick it out. Yeah. Um, and then and then we come to uh, verse four. So we're not going to go through every verse. If you're listening, you're like, why aren't you guys like hitting every verse in detail? Well, I mean, we'll, we're not going to completely rehash the sermon, right? <laughs> so if you want that, you can go back and check it out. It should be posted sometime this week. <clears throat> Don't know when, but. Verse four is a, is a is an amazing verse. Yeah, it's not one. It's that, a difficult. It's a it's kind of a difficult verse. I I really want to print some of these crazy verses out and hang them up in my office. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. They need. I feel like they need their time to shine. Uh huh. You know, they've like just, those inspirational posters yes, with like a yes. like a nice sunset. Better as a a a living dog than a dead lion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Inspirational motivation. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A living dog is better than a dead lion. What a verse, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incredible. And the point is, if you're alive, you have hope. Mm. And the and the, the hope is, is that you can you can start living. You can start living correctly. Uh you can start seeking and loving God. Mm. Um it's just it's a perfect verse. It it, it, it there's, kind, there's kind of a there's kind of a, a, a connection to um, to last week's mm-hmm. sermon with these uh, or was it the the week before it was the week before the the wicked yeah you know, the wicked they often would you know they'd go to the 
to the temple and uh-huh. uh everyone they would they were wicked but when they died people forgot that they were wicked and they they Great. celebrated their lives uh-huh. um it's better to be a, a living dog than one of these dead wicked people yeah yeah, yeah that's right so dogs back then were like uh a best, I guess, a better way would think of it would be like a rat. How we view a rat, mm. like a rat comes in your house, you're gonna like try to smack it, get it out of there, and that's <laughs> the same thing for dogs. Dogs back then, in this context, they weren't like household. They were more scavengers, weren't they? Yeah, like scav. They're like feral. Mm. They're like feral, like coyotes almost. Mm. Obviously, like they had dogs during that time. People have been using dogs for a long time, but mm. they're not household pets. Yeah. Um, and so. To be, like you said, a poor person, you're better than a dead lion, meaning mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. the prestigious, you're still alive. So a great verse, I think. Great, great reminder. Um, but it's easily, easily forgotten. Living know that they're going to die. And then the, these verses can get uh, yeah, it, a little confusing. Yeah, so so I, I wanted to, to kind of hit on verse 5. Mm-hmm. Because there's some theology there that could confuse some people. Mm-hmm. Um, the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Yeah. Um, so, so verse, what, what does that mean? Because we know from other passages that the dead they go to a, they go to a place and they're conscious. So, what's he talking about here? How do we square? So, here, square this. Verse five and six, I believe, are not even in really in reference to. What the afterlife will be like. I think verse five and six are in reference to what you could have done or not could like didn't do in life, what you left undone. Hmm. Um, it's more about life under the sun. Okay, so there's not second chances. Hmm. You're not coming back. You're not going to influence anything from the grave. When you die, like it's locked in hmm. who you were. There's not even going to be a chance to repent. He doesn't mention that here, but we know that later. Um, no, uh, no ghost. No ghost. No yeah, ghost. you're not reaching out from the grave and telling your loved ones you really care about them. Uh-huh. You know, uh, in whatever subtle ways, influencing events. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of over. You take so you take that in within with verse six, and you can see that I think a little better. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have. I think the key phrase: no more share in all that is done under the sun. Mm. So I think that's really the point of verse five. Okay. While you're alive, you still have opportunity. You you know, when you're dead, you don't know. The reality is here. Mm. You're just gone. Yeah. Some good hermeneutical principles. Uh-huh. Um, don't get your theology just from one random verse, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure there's sure there's people out there that go to this verse and say, "Yeah, okay, soul sleep." There's the, the dead soul know nothing, sleep, right. right? I don't think his point is to elaborate at all, really, on the nature of mm-hmm. you know life after death, or you know. Even the wicked have eternal life after death. It's mm. more, I think, appropriately called eternal death. But he's not deviating and going to that sphere. Yeah. Um, now he probably, uh, you know, many people in the Old Testament they didn't have as much revelation. I don't know how much Solomon knew about Sheol, the abode of the dead, which has two, as we learn in the New Testament, there's two mm. areas. 
you think of you think of Sheol as the spiritual plane, the spiritual realm. It's where you go when you die. And we know there's Abraham's side. That's paradise. That's what Jesus says to the thief on the cross. They would be in paradise. Then there's this place of suffering. I had someone ask me about that last week, and I um, used the illustration of a house. Sheol is the house, uh-huh. but there's two rooms in the house. Yeah. Um, so everyone goes to the place of the dead. Uh huh. Everyone goes to Sheol. Um, context determines which room right, they're right. going to. Because uh, Jacob in Genesis um, says that you're going to bring my you're going to bring my my head down to Sheol. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's saying I'm going to hell. Right. Um, he's saying I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. You got it. So here, I don't think it's really a commentary. I don't think he's really getting into that at all. It's more <clears throat> right. trying to get you to see. You have no more share in anything that's done under the sun. Mm. So that should you should take note of that. Yeah, you gave us a really encouraging uh, thought from this passage, Jay. We're going to be forgotten. <laughs> Isn't that great to to know that? I mean, good night. This is like the second time he's told us that. Yeah. Uh, to consider that, mm-hmm. you know, after you die, the memory of them is soon forgotten. Yeah. Very, very true. I like that quote um, that you that you read. Yeah. You know, if, if we knew how quickly people will forget us, we wouldn't we wouldn't care as much about what they think about us. Uh huh. Right? And it's it's true. I mean how how many uh, how many relatives do we even think about uh-huh. that that have di- have died? Right. You know. Um. You know, I think about my grandfather, but I I hardly ever think about my great grandfather. Right. And I know next to nothing about my great great grandfather. Right. Like we're talking just a few generations, and no one's, no one even remembers who you are. Yeah, you're just an you're just a name on a on a stone at uh-huh. that point. It's kind of crazy to think about. Very yeah. hum, very humbling mm. when you realize that uh, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, and in, in how God is unfolding the history of the universe, our, our part in it is so minuscule. Even even not to the, say that we don't have important parts to play right. where we are in God's plan. Yeah, but it's so very small. Yeah, in the in the big picture, even even big big historical figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of people like uh, George Washington mm-hmm. or Abraham Lincoln, and really they're just they're just historical names. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one alive that that is that remembers that person. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, they, they only know what they read about in history books. That's right. Um, all, all their relations are, are gone mm-hmm. and we don't, we don't remember them. Yeah. Um, and this happens to everybody. Yep. It's, it's something that we should, uh, take to heart. Yeah. Death is absolute certainty, but, um, that's the, that's the top of the sandwich. That's, yep. Uh, now the bottom of the sandwich yep. is that there's an unpredictability to death. Yeah, so you if you're following along as we said is this is bracketing the main point so you'll have to skip down in your bible to verse 11 and 12. Mm. So you'll say hey, we're not skipping that portion in the middle we'll come back. Yeah. So the unpredictability of death and he really gets to that by talking about the unpredictability of life. Mm. The key phrase again is life under the sun. Under the sun means life after Genesis 3. Mm. I really think that's what it means yeah. when he uses it. The fallen world the broken world after the fall, mm. and is very perplexing and completely unpredictable. Um, things don't work, and he gives five uh, five illustrations, short little quick ones, to show you eventually getting to death, 
to, sh- to show that death is unpredictable, but just life itself is unpredictable. And I, I put in I put in parentheses. It's not just unpredictable; it's unfair. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we have seen that repeatedly. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I think people people will so struggle even with Christianity, as they can see the unfairness in the world, mm-hmm. and they'll blame God for it all, mm. and they place the blame in the wrong place. Um, or and I, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. So who knows what's going to come out of my mouth in just a second? Uh, this I think this um, would have a, a direct impact on our th- our thoughts about social justice. Uh-huh. You know, the, the social justice movement wants to right all these wrongs, and this is the way that the world should be. Uh-huh. Like everyone should have their equal share, mm-hmm. and everyone should have you know their there, there shouldn't be any oppressors and oppressed, and right. every you know there shouldn't be rich and poor. Everybody should just be the same. And they they try to work towards this, but it's just going to be futile. It's, right. it's just going to be chasing after the wind, as as Solomon would say, because of the way that the world works under the sun. The world's broken. Yeah, and so here, in a way, what you have in um, secular humanism. Uh, materialistic Darwinism, all of these things are the same. We should just come up with one term, how they all intertwine. But they form a a false gospel mm-hmm. in that what they're trying to get is new creation yeah. apart from Christ, right. which is satanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot get new creation apart from Christ. Right. It's good, and those desires for that should reveal to you actually the fallen nature of the world, the reality that the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. Because um, there's no explanation in, in Darwinism why anyone should even want to seek that. Right. It should be pure domination. Mm. It should be Genghis Khan. Yeah, that should be the ideal epitome of humanity. Mm. We should be all become Genghis Khans. But that that's just a little leftover grace that God has left in each human to remember this world is not the world God made, and it's not the way that God made it because we broke it. Mm-hmm. He didn't break it. We broke it. And that breaking, it just infiltrates every every single sphere. There's not a anything in this universe untouched by that fall. Mm. Um, and we see it in all kinds of these things that just are unfair. They don't make sense. Um, and we be, we would be wrong to to blame God for that. Yeah, uh, because we we are the ones who did that. Um, <clears throat> he mentioned that, and there was a little we didn't touch on it, but in the beginning of of this chapter about. Uh, with the men's hearts being wicked, mm-hmm. um, a, little, a little echo of Genesis six, uh, pre pre flood, what God says. Yeah, a great, five. a great description of humanity that our hearts are full of evil and madness. Mm-hmm. Madness is, madness in, their is in their hearts while they live and after they die. Yeah, <laughs> like you are mad. Uh-huh. I wonder, like, if so, like if if you could go back in time and be pre fall. And see people today operating, mm-hmm. it would be pure madness. Man. Yeah, they're not; their minds aren't even functioning as a human mind. Mm. They're mad. Yeah, no, we don't view ourselves that way. Right. It's cra- kind of crazy. Um, uh, what is it? Proverbs thirty says, "I'm too stupid to be a man." <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, hey we, I mean, we think of that's ourselves. One as, we can print off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we think of ourselves. Really highly, mm-hmm. and we 
we lose sight of the wickedness that resides in the human heart and how we are yeah we're insane mm-hmm. we're insane because we try to live in this world apart from god and we're trying to fix it we're yeah. trying to fix it and yet solomon says well that's yeah. not the way that the world works. Yeah, it's not the race. The race is not to the swift. Mm. And we think hey, it would always be that way every time. Mm. Every time the fastest should win a race, and that's just not the fa- that's just not the way it goes. No, no, Jay. Everyone gets a participation trophy. Yeah, we're mm. all we're all winners, Jay. We're all winners. We're all winners. That's why the race doesn't go to the swift. That's right. Because everyone wins. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon he was so ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, things happen that's the point like things happen uh runner's trip mm-hmm. um there have been several of those you can look look mm-hmm. at this one i think was one of the most egregiously sad lens this Lindsay jacob ellis yeah how can you she's 10 seconds ahead in a race and she falls yeah at the end and she loses the olympics mm-hmm. takes her like two more olympics to win mm-hmm. uh but she was by far the best athlete by far the fastest yeah um <laughs> Man, it's the world. Yeah. We say life happens. That's what we say, right? Mm-hmm. In the army, they say something else. I can't say it on this show. <laughs> right? They actually have a term for the world that I'll share with you later. Okay. It's an acronym. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Dad? It, it, it's actually, now that I think of it, it's the first time I thought of this. It perfectly describes the world as Solomon describes. It begins with an F. Okay. And it's how many letters? I can't remember how many letters. You know what I'm talking about? There's a bar in Lawton named after this word. I'll share it with you offline because it's inappropriate for this podcast. <laughs> but I look forward to it, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I say it, my dad will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know that, that word. <laughs> it's an acronym because everything in the Army has to be an acronym or you can't communicate. Mm. So annoying. <laughs> the battle is not to the strong. Uh, the strongest army should always win, but they don't. Mm-hmm. They just do not. Yeah. Uh, God has providentially arranged these strange things, like the Revolutionary War, yeah. where this uh, you know we were just a bunch of misfits in comparison. Mm. This would be like today, we're the superpower of the world. It'd be like us getting beat by who who is an insignificant. I want to say France. I will just to offend them. France. <laughs> Have they ever won a war? Just to take a dig. Has France, France ever won a war? Now, that's kind of mean of me because they actually helped us in the Revolutionary War. Do you know that? Yeah, they did. So uh, maybe I won't use France. Yeah, we'll did. give them a pass. Okay. We'll say Canada. <laughs> Canada. Does Canada, does Canada even have an army? That's fair. I feel like we're Canada's army. <laughs> that's what I feel like. Canada. They've, 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 uh, they've, they've helped in, in wars. If that's what you want to call it, I guess. I guess. Huh, Dad? <laughs> Sorry. Just alienating I'm just people telling, yeah. left and right. <laughs> I'm sure they have like some elite like soldiers. They're special special forces, but what was that? Uh, uh, what was that plan that was just recently uh, declassified or whatever the the uh, the plan to invade Canada? You know <laughs> I don't know. That? I didn't see that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well. what do they have there that we need maple syrup? Or <laughs> Is that their main resource? Got to get some of that milk in a bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, I, I'm working. We're fine with scorching Canada because they put uh, a lot of pastors in jail during COVID. So we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna pile on, pile it on to Canada till they yeah. repent. Okay, <laughs> is that what we're doing? Yeah. 
Old Trudeau. Old Trudeau. Do you know people think he's uh, Fidel Castro's illegitimate mm-hmm. son? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that theory. Crazier things have happened. Yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like a like a president who has to have like footsteps on the ground that he can follow and an earpiece so that he can know what to say. Crazier things. We are really chasing rabbits, but I cannot, I can't, I can't go on without asking if you saw the the interview with uh, with Biden the other day. I didn't. Where he was asked about the the classified documents in his garage, Mm-mm. and the the reporter he asked, you know, Trump did Trump did this, but and you and you said that this was this was irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Was there any irresponsibility here? And Biden said, "Well, there's levels of irresponsibility." <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right, let's get back, let's get back to the text. <laughs> I was about to go off on a big big old rabbit trail. You know. Yeah. About Obama like <laughs> his consciousness being like a wires wirelessly transferred into Biden's brain. Yeah. I'm yeah. just wearing an earpiece. He's a, yeah, we'll have to Ma- show that clip. We'll have to show that clip uh, the, on on Friday. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to show that clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bread not to the wise, riches to the intelligent, yeah. nor favor to those with knowledge. So he just keeps kind of going on with these. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there was this uh, social experiment that that uh, Drake sh- told me about that fit with the fifth one: favor favor with those with knowledge. Uh, just how how poorly we are, like, like, why does this happen? And well, it's because you know we're just incredibly flawed. A social experiment. They put six people in this room, and they had like ten to fifteen minutes to all talk to each other, mm. to know, like, hey, what do you do for a living? Ah, I do this, I do that, whatever. So all of them ranked the enlisted marine. So he's not an officer, enlisted marine. All all ranked him last, mm. and they and they rate they ranked the lady with this PhD number one. All of them. Well. So, they all taken an IQ test before. They revealed the results, and the Marine was actually at the top, not the very top, but he was like one or two. The PhD lady was the dumbest. <laughs> so, But she had these justifications. Well, there's other types of intelligence, like social... <laughs> There's like there's like social intelligence. There's emotional. She's, she's street smarts. There's emotional intelligence, and this test just doesn't include things like emotional intelligence. Meanwhile, the crayon eater is over here, like three times as intelligent as her. <laughs> crayon eater. That's a term of endearment for a marine. Is it endearment? Is yeah. That- <laughs> well, you know, if you don't actually like somebody, you won't you won't poke fun like That's that. True. It's That's an in, true. this is an in house fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My uh, my. Uh, preaching professor, he would always tell us, you know, um, you will never hear of the best preachers. Mm. Like you'll never hear of them. You'll hear, you'll hear of, you know, these celebrity pastors. Um, But there are faithful men all across the world that you'll just never hear. You'll never hear about. Mm -hmm. And they are probably the best preachers in the world. And um, it's, it's just the unpredictability of life. I mm-hmm. mean, the, um, I mean, the place where you minister is going to be a, a factor, and and associations that you, you know, you you develop, and mm-hmm. um, some people are going to 
have the opportunities to speak at big conferences and travel around the world. And then there's going to be this faithful Chinese pastor in an underground church that uh-huh. is just an amazing expositor, and you're, you're just never going to hear about never. it. Never, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've talked about it before. Um, the the small town bivocational pastor is never going to be the president of the SBC. Right. Mm-hmm. Never. Right. You got to make connections. You got to rub elbows. And, mm. and you know what? You know what's may be true is that many of these guys they just they have no time for that yeah i'm not interested in making connections and <laughs> yeah. you know trying to elevate myself uh, this they're too busy living yeah just got to live their life and mm-hmm. preach yeah but that's you know several repeated examples to set it up anyway all these people time and chance happens to them all <laughs> Uh, same event happens, time and chance happens, and man does not know his time. Mm. So death, life's unpredictable, and death's unpredictable. Yeah. You never know when death's going to take you. Yeah. Chance here, I had to look it up because, you know, I don't believe in chance. Anyone who believes in the sovereign God doesn't believe in chance. So what is the word chance? It's one of those translations that it makes sense in English to say time and chance happens to all, mm-hmm. but when you dig in down into it philosophically, it doesn't make sense as a translation. Yeah. And a more wooden, a literal wooden translation of that word is an occurrence mm. or a happening. Yeah. Happening kind of, kind of sounds eerie. <laughs> a time and a happening, the happening happened. Yeah. A t- time and an occurrence happens, mm. meaning something suddenly happened that you couldn't predict. Mm. Not to mean that it was random and right. outside of God's control. Right. It's not what's being communicated. We I, I say think, we say stuff happens. Life, well, I, yeah, life happens. I, yeah, I think we can, from our perspective, it we could say it's chance. Yeah, um, it it just it just happens. It just right? seems to have happened on the on the you know on God's side. It's it's all part of His sovereign purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Murphy's law. You know, that's yeah. not like a random thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if something goes wrong, it wasn't just by the flip of a coin. Yeah, right. Chance doesn't do anything anyway. It has no agency at all. Yeah. It's just a measure, like mm. a probabilities. Right. So, yeah. Time and chance, I mean, what he's really saying is, uh, you know, uh, you could die today. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying. Right. So it happens to all. Yeah. When no one knows. If you knew, it wouldn't be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. But it's not, and it's he compares it to a fish that's taken in a net. Um, if a fish knew the net was there coming, it would avoid the net. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the whole point of a net and how it functions for a fisherman is that he can throw it in and scoop the fish up and right. get them because mm-hmm. it's, it's a surprise. Yeah. Same thing with catching a bird. Did you get any ducks that day that you almost died? Um, man, you know what? I don't think we did. I think it was an all-around terrible day. Mm. I think it was all-around terrible day. Yep. We did have we did get have some really really great days there. It's worth going up back there just for that. Yeah, because such an amazing spot. Mm. You got to pay the price to get in though, right? You got to walk mm. and carry all your gear in that far, and maybe die. Which is maybe why it's awesome because no one goes there. Yeah, and maybe die. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> it, it just it's just all it just all happens by chance. It's so unpredictable. It probably sounds completely crazy for people to say you walked back on a frozen river, but l- let me just tell you that river we go through it when it's not frozen on a mud boat. It has to be able to skim, you know, like mm-hmm. hydroplane because it's so shallow. 
in many parts, it's ankle deep. Yeah. When it's real deep, it'd be like waist deep. Mm. Um, and like sand showing, sand dunes, kind of like the Canadian River up here, or maybe the Red River. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has more water in it. Yeah. It flows pretty good. Not that, not that spot. Yeah. <laughs> that spot was deep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, death is certain, but it's also unpredictable. You don't know when it, you, you know it's going to happen, but you, you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but now we get to the meat, right? The heart of the, of the passage. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. This, this is what the passage is really trying to communicate. I got, I got a little sidebar. You just made me think of it. Sorry. Uh-huh. The command to live is the meat. Yeah. So where's this, there was this guy in the preaching in my preaching class. Okay. <laughs> okay. He was a good. He was a good. Good dude. I really liked him. Um, he's uh, from the Black Church. Okay. And Black Church got their own style, and I'm not. I'm not knocking it because I told you I I get down with their worship style. Mm-hmm. I like it. So he he'd say uh, it's just something my friends say because it's a good reminder. It's actually a good reminder, but sometimes he'd almost start te- teaching the class because he had been a pastor a long time. He's an o- older guy. Mm-hmm. Doctor Aubrey wouldn't interrupt him. He would just let him say. He'd say, "You got to have a milk and you got to have a meat. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the milk and you got to have a meat because you got different. You yep. got new believers. Uh-huh. You got old believers. Right. So you got to have something for both of them. Okay. Yeah." You'll never forget it now. Yeah. <laughs> huh? We elevated your preaching game today, yeah. too. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, the, so the, the heart of this passage is the command to live. Mm-hmm. So in light of the fact that death is certain and that it's unpredictable, that it could happen, it could happen today, right? Um, I mean, by the time people hear this podcast, both of us could be dead. Right. I mean, we just don't know mm-hmm. um, because the unpredictability, mm-hmm. especially in this building. Um, <laughs> hey, it did survive that crazy wind, man. It did. Yeah. Did you look at the at the? I didn't the look roof? at the roof yet. Okay. Yeah. And remind me when this is over because I'm suspecting it's missing some shingles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a certainty. That's, <laughs> that's one of the certainties no, of life. Yeah, there's no unpredictability there. <laughs> so in light of that, we're commanded to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got verses 7 through 10 that, that are getting at that. Yeah. Right. And there's five commands here. Mm-hmm. This is I, I thought this was fascinating to me. No. This in, is just interesting. There And I and I went back and looked them up because I was like, okay, if I'm going to say there are five commands, I'm be sure. There are five imperative commands. Okay. And it's... Go, eat, drink, enjoy, and do. Go, eat, drink, enjoy, and do. Okay. And so I said, look, this is God's commands. You don't like them, don't take it up with me. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And I'm not, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're non-negotiable. Okay. If it's a command. Yeah. Right? Like you <laughs> okay. should be doing it if God tells you to. All right. So go here. Uh, that's how he starts. You could almost put an exclamation point. It's like a wake-up call type of a thing. Command, you're living as if you have an infinite number of days. That's kind of what I thought. You're living like you have an infinite number of days. You don't. Death's certain. It's unpredictable. So you need to wake up. Mm. Go. Stop sulking in your, you know, whatever. And stop being unforgiving and reconcile to people. Don't live in the past. People get stuck in the past. Don't live as if you got... Uh, infinite number of days to do whatever you always wanted to do. Um, you need to start living in the present. Mm. Um, it, I, I had a good phone call this past week. I'll share this because I think this is 
this is another good piece of like advice. He's, he was a, my friend was a pro baseball player. I don't know when his dad gave him this advice, but it's good advice for baseball players, but just in life in general, it's really good. You know, if you, if you go over five, well, the next day you got a hit, you can't be stuck in the past mm. or you're going to go over 10. Yeah. That's how people get in slumps. Mm. So he said, his dad told him one time he served him well in a whole variety of spheres. He said, be where you are. That's just good. That's mm. just good wisdom, and that's really what Psalm has been saying numerous times to us over and over. I, I think. I think Jim Elliot, you know, Jim Elliot, uh-huh. uh, the missionary. Um, I think he's got a quote: uh, "Wherever you are, be there." I think that's I think there. You that's go, man. Uh, and this is what this is good biblical wisdom, really. Um, yeah. They meant the people who came up with it. Elliot probably was. I don't know if this my friend's dad was, but. Solomon has the same advice for mm. us. So that's the first command. Uh, live today. Go. Mm. Uh, the second one is eat. Not a problem for most people, but I think maybe doing it as he says, maybe. Which this this means to sl- you need to slow down and, and enjoy food as a gift. Mm. That God has given the gift of a food, and we take it for granted. Right. Um, not... not for granted in the sense that it sustains us. Maybe we do that. We forget that we can't live without God providing for us. Mm. Would have been more apparent, I think, in a culture that relies on rain. Yeah. Um, and they don't have modern agriculture, things like that. And then you might be more aware that you can't survive unless God takes care of you. But in this sense, food's meant to be enjoyed. Mm. We forget that all. I mean, we, we forget it. Yeah. Or we'd enjoy it apart from giving thanks to the one who made it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So God commands you today to slow down and enjoy what you're eating. This is this is like extremely profound and super easy to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think we're we're um we're raised to not we're we're kind of conditioned to not slow down and enjoy our food because we've got all these these time restrictions. Yeah, you go to you go to school and you go. It's lunchtime and you're you've got this block of time to eat lunch, right? Yeah, and so you're just kind of conditioned over those years. I gotta eat. I gotta eat fast so I can go do whatever I'm gonna I do. Go, I gotta go to recess. Yeah, yeah. And the longer I'm over here eating, uh, less time I can go out on the playground. Yeah. So I gave the show dog challenge during this show dog. <laughs> During this portion, I've yet, yet to be. I've yet to go out to Carnegie and go to the theater. You really need to remedy that. So coordinate through your community group some babysitting time. <laughs> um, that's what community groups are for, George. Are you not going right. to watch my kids for me, Jay? Hey, you're tell- you're you're know. issuing the challenge, so I challenge you to watch my I thought, kids. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the one to dro- to drive you. To, oh, re- to okay, okay. Yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Coney Islander? Uh-uh. You've Where's, never been to Coney Islander. It's in it Tulsa. It's in Tulsa. Yeah. Okay, it's a. It's, I will have to try it. It's. Um, I mean, I haven't had these show dogs. But I have talked to Philip, and and Philip loves Coney Islander, and he says that the show dogs are the closest that he's found to Coney Islander. But I don't think that he, I don't think he he thinks they're on the same level. Well, this place has the added feature of being a movie theater. That's true. That <laughs> so, is true. Yeah. You know, Coney, you need to, do you need to go? You good? Oh, I was asking if you needed to go. 
I thought you need to go. <laughs> Liberty Theater, oldest running, continual running theater in Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go in there, you know, you got your popcorn, whatever, like a mo- normal movie theater. Mm. And then they have these hot dogs they've made in there for, I don't know, the past hundred years. Who yeah. knows? Like super, it's the place is old. They're amazing. Mm. I don't know what they do, but they're like chili cheese dogs. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I didn't believe the hype. Mm. So for years I didn't go. Like Justin and Amanda Waltrip, I think they told us. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm going to drive an hour to go to the movie theater. <laughs> right. They're like, no, trust me, you got to do it. Okay. So I did it and I finally, I was like, they're right. All right. It's worth to, it. All right. I'll, I'll have to try it. But the next time you're in Tulsa, I don't know why you go to Tulsa, it. but the next time you go to Tulsa, you need to try Coney Islander, and it has to be. It has to be. There's there's several locations, but there's the original. Uh-huh. You got to go to the original. Okay, I'll go there. Original meaning that it's probably the greasiest. It's, gr- it? it's greasiest. Uh, it's an original recipe. The yeah. the others have kind of deviated oh, no. uh, from the original recipe, and you got to go to the okay. Go to the the first one. All right. Yeah. So eat. With Slow joy. down. With joy. With joy. Eat with joy Eat and thanksgiving joy. in your heart. Mm. God already approves what you do. That's what he says. Mm. But he also adds the third, drink your wine with a merry heart. Better watch out, Jay. This is a Baptist podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, man, I just can't jump through. like uh, I can't do hermeneutical gymnastics and just get away from what's plainly said. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. Yeah. Right. A wine is something that can get you drunk. Hence, yeah. hence the warnings. Uh huh. Right. Don't be drunk. Yeah. So I don't buy. I don't buy into this idea that. What is it usually? It's like. You said something really funny yesterday. It's you com- said something. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> and it really threw me off. Uh, Julia was looking at me because I was laughing. I was trying not to laugh <laughs> because you were talking about Noah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Noah, he he got drunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you, uh, you mentioned Lot and you said Lot got drunk and a lot of crazy stuff happened to him. And it, it, that just really got me. I was like, yeah, well, some was, crazy stuff did happen I know, to Lot. I, I, know. <laughs> I was trying to keep it as PG, as PG as I could. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I um, just, I said, just I go, know, out, I don't know how, I don't read know. the story for yourself. I, I don't know how to preach that passage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what kind of strong warnings does God give against drunkenness? Yeah. Go read the story of Lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah um there's uh there's passages in proverbs that that warn against drunkenness mm-hmm. um paul paul warns against drunkenness mm-hmm. um you know we we love john MacArthur, mm-hmm. but i think some of his weakest <laughs> his weakest teachings i've heard have been on on alcohol and I, some of the some of the hoops that he he jumps through to try to get around. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I think he's there, and I believe it's because he's been given inaccurate background information. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, and I've heard I heard even heard it at seminary by my professor, and I told you I'd try to calculate it. Would it be possible for me to get drunk on what my professor is telling me wine was back then? And it would not be possible. Yeah. It wouldn't be possible. Mm. Um, I couldn't. In fact, when I did the calculation, I could not drink that amount of water in one hour. <laughs> Just water. So I couldn't break God's command to not be drunk because uh-huh. I couldn't even physically drink enough of the substance. Mm-hmm. It'd be impossible. Yeah. So yes, they had they had fermented wine and mm-hmm. they drank it at parties. Yeah. And of of course they probably had some wine 
that was lightly fermented, mainly water, mm -hmm. just because they didn't have a lot of clean drinking water. Right. I grant it. Mm -hmm. It's always been that way through history. Yeah. Some people in Europe, Martin Luther, didn't have clean drinking water. All he drank was beer. Mm. Now, he wasn't he wasn't drinking like probably these stout beers we have today, right. maybe occasionally, but that was like really watered down stuff, mm. meant to kill any imp impurities, but that's all he yeah. drank. Um, yeah, they've had that stuff back then, but they also had regular wine, right. which is how you could get drunk mm -hmm. and sin against God. Yeah. So uh, the command here is to drink... The good kind that you'd have at a party, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they may, it, it's, a, it's seen as a gift from God. Psalm 104, 14 through 15 um, is a verse here in reference to, has wine included, but mm -hmm. other blessings from God. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man. Mm. Okay. Super duper duper watered down beverages, they don't gladden your heart. Yeah. Right. But regular wine can uplift, uplift the spirits. Uh -huh. It causes, like, you know, people are kind of celebratory. Mm -hmm. That's why they're drinking at weddings, mm -hmm. which is one of it's Jesus' first miracle. Yeah. So um, don't be the kind of Christian that would try to correct Jesus. Okay. Hey, you should have picked a different first miracle. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So he he was just making that uh, that jelly paste, right? <laughs> right, right. That jelly paste. So I'm not like if you if you can't in your conscience won't allow you to drink wine, mm. I wouldn't bind your conscience, right? But here's the principle mm. that crosses into all beverages. Yeah, is this? Um, if you, I think you violate this command if you drink your favorite beverage, like eh, eh, you know, mm. cream soda. I say cream soda is better. It's my probably my favorite beverage. Um, if you drink your favorite beverage without joy and gladness in your heart as a gift received from God with thanksgiving, you violate this command. Mm. He's telling you today, go eat, drink, celebrate life with these good things God's given you. Mm. It just so happens that back then, everybody, you know, they wine was like the favorite. Right. It's like the favorite national drink, you know? It's kind of like Bud Light for America. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I feel like if they had baseball back in the day, you'd have like signs that are like Solomon's vintage wine. <laughs> vintage wine. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. So. Well, it seems to be a drink that, um, I mean, I haven't done a history of, of wine, but it seems to be something that maybe is universal. Probably. You know, I had a, this is what people come here for, mm. the life stories. Yeah. My uh, my first sergeant was uh, when I was in command. My battle buddy, Lukasik, um, he uh, he was in the first Gulf War. Uh, my dad barely missed that. I can't even remember the circumstances. It's like you were gonna go and then you didn't go and then you got sent to Korea. But he went. He was a private, and he's like, we just sat out in the desert and we were like, let's make some wine. So they dig a hole in the in the ground in the desert, and they get like the fruit that they had gotten from the mess hall area or whatever. Yeah, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, about to launch rockets into Iraq. <laughs> and these guys are fermenting wine in the middle of the desert. That's the American soldier, man. Okay, that's why we're we are unconquerable because the American soldier is more versatile, creative, uh, unpredictable. 
than than anyone. Yeah. Nah, just a little sidebar. For okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's easier to make wine than I thought. I guess so. Yeah. In- instant wine, instant desert wine, wine. In desert desert heat wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can market that. Get some of that desert heat. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you uh, you you connected this to the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And where we are, we are given bread and wine uh-huh. as the the symbol of of Christ's death um, until He comes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And then He says that He He'll eat and drink with us again at the wedding supper. Yeah, when He comes, when right. He returns. Yeah, we uh, we take the Lord's supper. Sometimes it's like a, it's very somber. It's time of self reflection, but. I'm, I don't know. I, I almost get the feeling when the early church celebrated, it was more like a party. Yeah, you know, it's more celebratory. Mm. Do you ever get that feeling? Uh, you know, I think it can be both. Um, I think that we remember our our sin, mm-hmm. and that can grieve us. But remember the the gospel, right? And that that shouldn't grieve us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should that should lift us up and and cause us to celebrate. Right. So it. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I uh-huh. think it's like uh, during our our worship service, we have the confession, the corporate confession of sin, and the assurance of pardon. So mm-hmm. that there, it goes together, um, and we're we're reminded, and it should heighten our joy by remembering what God has done for us. Yeah. Um, so in the Lord's Supper, we 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 can start out in that that somber, mm-hmm. um, you know, confessional mood. But if we stay there, then we've something. The wires have been crossed somewhere. We haven't. We haven't. <clears throat> we haven't connected the dots and seen. We should have joy because right. what God has done for us in Christ, and mm-hmm. we're we're partaking of bread and and wine to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. It's good. I couldn't help but think of it whenever I was just reading through these verses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. The fourth command is to enjoy. Go eat, drink, now enjoy. Enjoy the the life with a wife whom you love. All the days of your vain life, meaning your short, fleeting life, your mm-hmm. life's like a vapor, that he has given you under the sun. That's your portion in life, in the toil which you toil under the sun. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your wife. Yeah. So how many men do you think sin against God by violating this command? <sighs> Probably a lot. A lot. Probably a lot, yeah. A lot, yeah. I think all of these are... Reminders, because yeah. I, I think we violate all of them. Mm-hmm. We we live like we've got an infinite number of days. We eat without really tasting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we drink without enjoyment. Um, we abuse. We abuse the good things that God gives to us. Uh-huh. Um, and then we just kind of go through the. The routine, yeah, you know, we we just live together, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't enjoy each other, yeah. And he, we, I, I like how you you've you've done this. You did it twice um, in in these imperatives. You talked about how, in light of the certainty of death and the unpredictability of death, um, stop being bitter towards each other and stop being unforgiven or unforgiving and and stop. Stop all the, all the fighting. Uh-huh. Like it, like you don't have forever to live. Um, enjoy the the wife 
that God has given to you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't uh, don't pretend like you've got tomorrow. Mm. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Is good advice because tomorrow, when you wake up, you might wake up having been blown away by a tornado. Yeah, and you wake up in the next world. Yeah, right. You know, so don't do the things that you wish you could do or you hope to do. Like do them now. Mm. So if you feel convicted that you haven't been good to your wife, well, start being good to her today. Right. You know, and I be I, kind to her, and I think. I think enjoy her vi- presence. I think vice versa. Yeah, of course yeah, you can switch the switch yeah, the roles. Switch. I think you switch switch yeah. the roles completely. Yeah, same thing for your husband. Um, and I think again, we need to remember all of the things he's commanding are things that were good before the fall happened, mm. and they continue to be good things after the fall happened. Right, eating, drinking, all these good things are to be enjoyed in the sphere God gives them. Mm. So even beyond just sheer the just companionship of it, God's given the gift of marriage for the enjoyment of sex. So I think, given Solomon's history of writing, yeah, this also is included when he tells you enjoy your wife, mm. enjoy your husband. Mm-hmm. Only only someone living in the correct uh, covenant realm of marriage um, and relationship with God with their spouse, may enjoy sex as God designed it, mm-hmm. to have enjoyment free of shame and um, and all of these things, to be enjoyed freely. Just read just, the... But you just scandalized, you just scandalized everyone yeah. while you were preaching because you're talking about, you're talking about wine and you're talking about <laughs> sex. And I know. These, these are not things that proper Christians should talk about. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, I mean, we, we are... We think the way see the way that religious people, Christians go is they they tend to think that physical things are bad. Mm. Spiritual things are good. But we're Gnostics. Yeah. We we live right. a we live a Gnostic theology sometimes. If but if God created a physical thing, it's good. Mm. Who are who are you to say that it's bad or to say it's inappropriate? Right. Or even to say it's inappropriate to talk about it in a tasteful way, right? Right. Um it doesn't make you more spiritual to abstain from eating foods. It doesn't make you more spiritual to not drink. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you spiritual to not be married. In fact, I didn't bring it out. This is one reason. This is you add this to the list of reasons why I know the Catholic Church is not the Lord's church. They come they they say this is not right. Mm-hmm. When God says it's right to enjoy your wife, and they say no, a priest should never be married. Mm-hmm. That makes them more you know, like committed to God. Right. Not the case. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Um, to not enjoy your wife um, is to is to I think to sin to sin against God to take advantage of the things that He's given you that are good in the world. Yeah. You want me to read that quote? You had it's a great, It was a great quote. Yeah, it was a great quote. I, I, I need I need a printed copy of this quote. Okay. It, well, I grabbed it out of uh, I can't remember what commentary it is. E, Ian Provan. Writes, so I think it was in the footnotes in a commentary. So I gotta go have to buy this guy's commentary now. (laughs) That's how your library grows. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, oh, he referenced this guy. This quote is amazing. I need that commentary. Yeah, Ian Proven, which I don't have his commentary, but he wrote, there has always been within the Christian tradition an ascetic tendency, meaning like um, like like a monk lifestyle where you like. You know, you afflict yourself you, yeah. for higher spirituality. Yeah. yeah, always been within the Christian tradition an ascetic tendency that understands true spirituality as involving the shunning of created things, e.g., food, wine, and sex, rather than the enjoyment of these things and thankfulness to God who has blessed us with them. 
So Solomon the preacher, he helps us see that this is not the case. The latter, what Solomon already has said, is true spirituality. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, if you once you really get it, you're like, whoa, to really live in correct relationship with God, to be truly spiritual, mm-hmm. I must enjoy the physical things that he's given me. Right. And this is, this is really complete opposite of what a lot of, at least Baptists, have traditionally taught. Um, right, we made I, the joke about dancing on here, yeah. uh-huh. which, there he is, there's the man who told the joke, there he is himself. <laughs> He's right back here. You know, why don't Baptists, yeah. <laughs> why don't they dance? No, that was, yeah. that was, no. the, that was, you, oh yeah, yeah, you just, well, ma- you just messed up the joke. I messed it up. You need your dad to, you I need my dad, dad to tell it. You need your dad to tell you the need to joke. Get that you microphone. Need to He's not going to tell it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The joke is, why don't Baptists have sex standing up? Because they're afraid it'll lead to, lead to dancing. And now you understand completely... <laughs> I wish we had a camera on him. <laughs> <laughs> but it fits in perfectly with thinking that true spirituality means you don't have fun, you yeah. don't have, you're not going to celebrate, you're never going to have parties, you're never going to dance, even with your own wife, because you think that's more spiritual. I... I don't really remember ever hearing any any um, sermons that reference or applied principles to the sexual relationship uh, growing up. Yeah. It was just kind of this taboo topic, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, uh, When I came to this church, the Constitution and Bylaws, had an article in the bylaws that said that uh, we will abstain from partaking or working at a place that sells alcohol. So nobody shopped at Walmart. So it's like, <laughs> I, I, I I told the the I told the deacons when we were going through it and, and revising it, we got to take this out because it's unbiblical for one thing, and um, it's unnecessarily burdensome mm-hmm. on. The, the members like where are you gonna get your gas where can you go where <laughs> where can you go out to eat <laughs> where i mean <laughs> like you can't go you can't shop anywhere now now what are we gonna do um but even the i mean the the southern baptist convention has a, a big thing on their their view of of alcohol and it's complete yeah complete abstinence you know we go to I always tell people that one of the cruel jokes of of Southern Seminary is that you go to you go to seminary at uh, in Kentucky mm-hmm. and you have to sign a thing that says you won't drink any alcohol. Right. And it's like, well, this is bourbon country and you can't even <laughs> like can't even tour like you're a, right there and you Kentucky. can't even tour like a factory. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, it's it is it's this asceticism that um, that's it's just not it's just not found in the in the text. Mm-hmm. But I think that we do, we do think that by afflicting ourselves by, you know, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we feel like we, if we cut ourselves off from all, all of these things mm-hmm. that we're, we're more spiritual. Right. Instead of enjoying the good physical things mm-hmm. that God has given to us mm-hmm. in eating and drinking and, and sex mm-hmm. within marriage. Right. But you did have these two, these two errors that yeah. we need to avoid because this is what we do. And I think this is this is where I think a lot of Christians they they err on one side to avoid the error on the other right. side. And what we need to do is we need to avoid both of these errors. 
So the most common area you'll see in the church is to abstain from physical pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the way we that usually you say we the church goes that way. Usually. Or at least, or at least, yeah. not talk about it. Right. And the, but then the like yeah. what was the what was did you tell the joke? Which one? Why don't you? Why don't? You, why do you bring two Baptist? Oh yeah, yeah. Fishing with you. Yeah, yeah, that's also that came from that oh, guy that over come, there. That from, that's his other. That's his other good one. So, yeah. He's got. He had Baptist jokes back in the day. <laughs> he did go to a Baptist seminary. Yeah. So, and they're and they are they are accurate. That's yeah. what makes a good joke, right? Uh-huh. It's got to be an element of accuracy in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why don't you take? Why do you always take two Baptists fishing with you? Yeah. And if and the reason is is because if you only bring one, they'll drink all your beer, <laughs> showing that. There's major hypocrisy, mm-hmm. you know. They'll hide it. They'll uh, abstain. They'll abstain in public, right? But you know, so that's the way that often the the people in the church err. They'll just abstain from physical things that mm-hmm. God has given. But th- then the other error is that you see in the world, and it's the one Solomon. It's the way he went at first, um, and the error is pursuing physical pleasure as ends in themselves. And this is where the abuses come from. Uh-huh. Um, and we could go back up to number two: eating is where gluttony comes from. Mm-hmm. You, you eat with that as the end in itself, so you abuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, you you drink as an end in itself, so it leads to drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Um, you you pursue sex as an end in itself, and we have all all manner of of sexual immorality that's rampant, not just in the world but in the church, um, because we're pursuing those things as the end mm-hmm. they're they're the goal instead of that's right recognizing that these are good gifts from god mm-hmm. that god has given to his his people even though we don't deserve it mm-hmm. um and they should be enjoyed within the confines of god's law yeah right that's right absolutely so yeah you're gonna avoid those and live a balanced life of enjoying the things god gives you uh, to his glory, mm-hmm. whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So Spurgeon is famous for saying that he would smoke a cigar to the glory of God. Right. In which case, you know, everybody stroked out when they first heard it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, didn't he say that in response to to some lady that was asking him how he, he could smoke that? How 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 can remember. you, a man of God, yeah, s- you know, smoke a cigar? Yeah. And he said, "I'll go home and smoke a cigar to the glory of God." Something like that. Yeah. That's right. So, and then the, the fifth. So, uh, we have um, go, eat, drink, enjoy, do. The last one, do. Mm. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. There's no work or thought, knowledge, wisdom, and shield which you're going. So that reminder again, given that death is certain and unpredictable, get on with doing and living. Do. Um, I said that the kids these days, they have this. This uh, saying, it's called full send. Have mm. you ever heard of that? I hadn't heard it. Mm-hmm. Full send? No. Now you're going to be saying it, right? Um, but Doubtful. It, I was like, where, did this, <laughs> where <laughs> did this thing come from? Like, I got to look this up. If I'm going to tell the church people about this, it, it can't be like some bad thing. Yeah. It came from the extreme, extreme sports. Mm. So extreme sports like motorcycle racing or motorcycle jumping. Yeah. You know, they do those tricks. So when a guy, you know, he goes full send, maybe he does a huge jump and does a 360 or a flip or whatever. Mm. He went full send. And it seems to me that's what Psalm is saying. There's the final one. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. Mm. It doesn't matter. Like, you're alive today. Whatever you find yourself doing, maybe it's working, 
wherever you work and whatever sphere, sphere you're to do with all your might. Maybe you stay home with your children and you teach them, do it with all your might. Lifting weights, do it all your might. Take your wife out on a date. Don't don't go all don't you better go all in on it and, and do it with all your might. You know? Don't be, hey, we're on a date and I'm over here playing stupid phone games. You know? <laughs> don't let me catch you slipping on your date with your wife. I might have to yeet your phone across the <laughs> restaurant. You know what I mean? Date your wife with all your might. Uh, sing songs to the Lord. It's one of my. This is one of my uh, things that just. But you never get those things that just bother you. Uh huh. I'll be honest. Probably sometimes. not as much as you do. Sometimes I just want to be like, <clears throat> go over to a guy and be like, "Why are you singing like a baby?" <laughs> like, let me hear it. Let me hear you belt it out. I don't care if you can sing or not. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Why? Why you come to church, uh, man who loves the Lord, and sing like you don't love Him? Julia did say that um, she she feels like the men around where we sit sing loud. I think probably I, I was a little too hard on them because I think if you sit closer, then you realize the men do sing louder. I would say that out of all the churches I've been in, this this one is the best congregation that sings. Yeah, and I usually sit toward the back, and I don't really hear them as well. But mm. I still want to hear more. I want to hear it more. Yeah, I want I want to uh, I want to feel like I'm jogging down the road, you know, with the with the other soldiers, and mm. we're singing songs real loud. Yeah, I want to hear the men sing like that in church. Right. You know, there's no reason why we can go to sporting events and yell and cheer Mm -hmm. and come to church and whisper yeah yeah so do it you know this is the last one um do with all your might a hundred percent no hesitation you have you have today you're alive today you better you get after living Uh, i was kind of (laughs) convicted by this when you read about jesus in the gospels the son of man came eating and drinking Mm. and you say look at him a glutton and a drunkard and i say i don't think anybody would accuse me of that Maybe I'm not living like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And not that by association. I'm saying, like, he's living... Jesus, knowing full well what's coming, Mm. was not sulking about. He was living life Mm. to the full. And he said that's why he came. Uh, John 10.10, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full. Mm. And you can't have life to the full... Uh, you can't even obey this if you uh, if you don't if you're not in union with Christ. Yeah. If he's not your Lord and he's not your Savior, because he, you'll always be looking for these these pleasures uh-huh. to to grant you ultimate satisfaction. Yep, and and joy. If in, it, instead of putting Christ where he's yeah. where he's supposed to be, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. Meaning, if you don't have Christ, no matter how good your life is. It's not as good as it could be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. That's it. That's the that's the whole deal. It's a death sandwich, but really, plot twist, it's a life sandwich. <laughs> it's about living. The point is to live yeah. today. To go full send on life. Mm. Mm? That's it. That's good. There you go. I uh, I would commend uh, this sermon to you if you uh, if you haven't listened to it, go back and uh, go to the Christ Fellowship Church uh, website, and you can find this sermon right now. I think it's only on Facebook 
uh, the, service, the service is on Facebook. Uh, hopefully we'll get that sermon up soon so you can listen to it. Uh, it, uh, it was good. It was really Appreciate good. Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a smile on my face while we were singing the last song. You did? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, uh, it was, it, it's a needed reminder because we can just walk through life just kind of morose and I don't know, like you said, just kind of existing mm-hmm. and not living. We need the, we need that reminder that mm. Christ has come to bring us joy. Yeah, and it's not a joy that's found in these things as an end. It's joy that's found in these good things that God has given to us. Yeah, and we enjoy in Christ. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for preaching and thanks for the uh, the conversation and uh, thanks for the recommendation of the cream yeah. soda. It was really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, if this has been beneficial for you. Please make sure to like, subscribe, share, and uh, we love to uh, to see our uh, our audience grow. We want to see more and more people uh, joining in and and uh, watching or listening, and uh, that happens by people sharing it. So please uh, do so. And uh, if you have any comments or questions, reach out. We will uh, we'll do our best to uh, to answer those questions, and uh, we will see you on Friday as we continue the conversation on the doctrines of grace. So until then, we'll see you next time.